Hi cheesy people, before we get started I'd like to thank our two sponsors. Scrumptious Reads provides us with a place to record, but it's also the best place to drop large amounts of the folding stuff on interesting cookbooks, books talking about food, drinking coffee, drinking wine, drinking spirits, or just eating generally. They also have lots of interesting courses all the time, so check out their website for more details. Fatgrape.com.au is an online wine store selling interesting wines you will not find at your local chain bottle shop. We talk about a different wine every week, but don't trust my judgment. Hit Stacy up at fatgrape.com.au and ask for the best wine for you. Finally, you can support the show by going to bezopods.thetshirtmill.com.au and buy a cheesy shirt. Enjoy the pod. We, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what. You bugging ass devil, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass fed? Yes. Cruelty free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. <laughs> Get out of bed for eating crackers. How about corned beef, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. G'day, Sal. How you going? Hey, Sal. Really good. How are you? Are you you enjoying your first true winter for a long time? It's cold. It's really cold. Anyway, gets me going... Oh, it's the coldest, wettest winter we've had for 15 years. And I go, yeah, that'd be the winter. But the, technically. That you, <laughs> that you moved back to. Are you, like, you're looking pretty fit. Is that because you're chopping firewood every day? Yes, honestly. You'll see me in the morning. Six in the morning, I'm out in my own boots and my pyjamas out the back grabbing the wood. And I think, what happened? How did this happen? <laughs> Well, considering you used to like like me, you light a you used to light a fire in Brisbane. You must just have it going constantly. has to get down to about 18 degrees here and, and the fire gets busted out just so I can walk around in a pair of footy shorts still. <laughs> You're doing that anyway though, are you? Yeah. So uh, what about what about the food? Have you been, um, has it just been uh, casserole after casserole? <laughs> because like that's the, the one thing that I, I don't like about Brisbane is like, you know, I love a bit of slow cooked food and yeah. sometimes it doesn't marry well with 36 degree heat. <laughs> Although, take an Indian out, I'd take an Indian. Take an Indian out of a leaf. Take yeah. a leaf out. Yeah, out of an Indian. <laughs> Just eat curry all the time. Well, they were drinking hot tea and eating curry. Yeah. Worked a sweater. Cool down. Now, what have I been cooking? Um, 
mushrooms. This week, well, lots of mushrooms. I've become obsessed with mushrooming because it's like the thrill of a chase. Have you got so the sick? No, no, no hallucinogenic episodes or sickness yet? No. Well, I'm a bit careful. I've only been picking pine mushrooms because there's heaps of pine mushrooms around here. There's pine forests and where I walk the dogs, there's big pine kind of plantation in the golf course. So I go down there and pick a big bowl of mushrooms. You know, then I don't know what to do with them. I bring them home. I mean, literally, there's only me. So, I mean, I can... You know, one or two mushrooms is, <laughs> is enough. enough. <laughs> so I've been, you know, doing these mushroom casseroles. Now I'm thinking, oh, I'm sick of bloody fresh mushrooms. Oh, wow. Anyway. I, like, uh, I, I do the same thing, except oh, that's one of those I know a guy things I would really like is someone that um, knows their way around the mushrooms of Queensland so that when they do come out, I know what's safe to eat. Because that is one of the coolest things, having mushrooms in your backyard. Oh, bloody oath. You should follow, actually, on Instagram, there's a girl called Franca Norris. And she lives locally, and she's the mushroom guru. Like, she takes people mushrooming. There's the dog. Yeah, I was going to say, that. They did, we've been talking for 15 minutes. They haven't made a single sound. As soon as I hit record, off they go. <laughs> Playtime. And they're up and down the hallway. Um... And they bark at the fuck with dog next door. Um, anyway, she, so follow her on Instagram. Her name is Franca Norris. And she goes out mushrooming every day. She just posts these pictures of mushrooms and tells you what they are and whether they're edible or not. But it's amazing. She knows all the little hidey holes and goes and she picks the mushrooms to the provenance. And, you know, she'll come in with these tiny little morels or whatever, just these amazing mushrooms incredible yeah. it would be good to know what they are because yeah. honestly you go down and it looks like it's something out of a fairy book you think, ah, I'd love to eat and and it's one know? of it, it's one of those ones where you can get it spectacularly wrong like really really wrong you don't get a second chance to get it really really wrong do yeah. you <laughs> camera where they killed all those people yeah and a- I mean shit and, and that was one wasn't that one where, where it was like you know, you really had to know your stuff to, um, um, you, you really had to know your stuff to, to, to pick the difference between the poisonous one and what they thought it was. Yeah, yeah. I know. Because there's all these spongy looking ones and you think, oh, they, they, they slippery jacks or whatever they are. And oh, I'm not going to try it. But I became quite competent with the pine mushroom. There's there's one that reacts. It's quite fine if you eat it normally, and you can eat it with alcohol quite an, quite often, and it'll have no effect. But every now and again, it will react to the al- alcohol, and it works like you know those any alcohol drugs where if you take them and you drink alcohol, any alcohol at all just makes you violently ill. And there's this one mushroom that can. Like, you can eat it with, with wine and it'll be fine, but every now and again, you'll just have a reaction. And if you've had wine in this mushroom, you just get violently, violently ill. And and you react to alcohol for weeks afterwards. It takes weeks to get out of your system. I like the pine mushroom where it takes away a bloody taste up. Oh, right. Is it sort of kill, kill, kill everything in your mouth? Yeah, 
know, the pine nuts. Haven't we talked about that before? Oh, yeah, the, cho- the Chinese pine nuts, yeah. So when we want to make a million bucks out of your pine nut tree? Yeah, it's still going. It's probably about 35 centimetres taller than last time we talked about it. <laughs> Are you be happy to happy to know my cow's coming back next week or the week after? Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's just not not far from dropping a calf, so fixed all my fences and and uh, yeah, I've had a little little bit more time to get stuff done on the farm lately, so I'm very excited. I've been making lots of soap, lots of been making lots of milk soap, so. Now, hang on. We need to get back to that big hunk of random-looking rancid fat. Yeah, it wasn't rancid fat. It was fresh fat from around a a two-ton cow. It was a massive cow. You should see the soap. How do you do that? How do you turn that into soap? Well, actually, the best way to do it is not the way I did it. The best way is to get the fat and mince it so it's all nice and fine, and then you just put it on the stove and... Like, they render fat out at the Provenance, don't they? Yeah, I've been making all my own schmaltz and stuff lately. But, yeah, but, ooh, is there always fat in soap? Yeah, you've got to have some sort of... Soap is essentially fat, so some sort of fat, whether it's olive oil, coconut oil, lard, tallow, whatever. And then you add uh, caustic soda to water and then add that into the fat and that cause that's what makes soap so it's pretty simple but because because the fat's free i'm trying to use um and and each soap's one of those rabbit holes you can just go down so each oil or fat has a different sort of uh set of properties you know so some will give you a nice lather some will be nice and soft. You know, they all do different things at different rates. So you try and blend all your different fats together so you get, you know, a nice lather that's not too drying, um, that has good cleaning properties, and the milk's nice and creamy so it's nice and soft and, yeah, all sorts so, of stuff. So you don't smell like, the whole family doesn't smell like a fish and chip shop. Yeah, well, as long as, you, as, long as your fat's nice and rendered out properly like nice and slowly once you add it to the to the caustic soda mix and the milk it yeah it it's basically has no smell at all and i'm adding i'm adding five percent beeswax into my um into my mix into my oil mix and strangely enough you can add honey into soap and it won't smell like honey but you add beeswax into soap and it smells like honey yeah, so I get a lovely sort of, uh, if I use about 5% beeswax, you get a really nice hard bar and a nice lather, um, and it's just got a sort of nice honey undertone. So what are you doing with all this soap? Oh, it's good. Just giving it... Uh, no, just giving it away, giving it away to people. If, if, you, if you were still living in Brisbane, Sal, you'd be the cleanest person in Brisbane. Well, the soap I'd be giving you. Uh, oh, it's funny. one of those things I found. I found like probably not quite as popular as honey. Um, but getting up there in terms of popular, you know, if, if people 
you go, oh, you want some soap? Oh, hell yeah, give me some handmade soap. I'll take that. And it looks really cool. I'll send you a picture afterwards. I just made, uh, I made an, you know, the the um, the type of orange they use to flavor Earl Grey tea. Is it bergamot? Bergamot? Yeah. So I use some bergamot essential oil and some activated charcoal to make myself sound really wanky with um, that last lot of um, tallow I already down. What's that? So, uh, <laughs> you gotta activate you gotta activate your charcoal or otherwise it just won't work, Sal. Well, why why do we need charcoal in soap? What's it doing? What's it doing? Oh, it just makes it black. So I get it, I, I've got an orange and black soap, you know. Makes it two tone. And, and it and it because it's like slightly gritty, so it's a uh, exfoliant. Good for your skin. Your own beauty line. I'll tell you what. Well, um, I have to say, I went to the tambourine markets, which is probably the best local market I've got, and there was four different stalls selling soap for I don't know six or seven bucks a bar. And stalls with it. So, (laughs) but mine mine doesn't look anywhere near that professional yet. I just, I, I just love turning like you know it's my, my my milk, fat from the cow down the bottom of the hill, you know I love that sort of local, making stuff locally, sort of thing. Yeah, awesome. What your milk fat? You have to start extracting your own oil from your orchard. Yeah, so I looked into that because I've got the lemon myrtle tree and I've got a couple of other things that you can extract oil from, but you need a still. It's a little bit more, um, a little bit need a little bit more technical knowledge. So uh, I just decided decided that was a bridge too far for now. <laughs> oh, that's cool! Awesome. Well, that's Christmas stuff. Yeah, that's right. All the family will be getting multiple bars of soap. I made a peppermint, a peppermint one uh, with nasturtium leaves in it. Oh, gosh. And it, it, it's really nice. I'm sort of hesitant to give it away. I reckon it's going to be a, I reckon it's going to be a really nice one. Anyway, well, welcome, e- welcome everybody to this week in soap. <laughs> So well, that's funny. How, how's the when, – when's the next fruit crop? What's the the spring fruit crop in Victoria? Spring? I don't know. Or are you got to wait to summer for all the, the stone fruit? Yeah, I suppose. Well, spring will bring all those beautiful vegetables. Yeah. Have you got a, a peach or an apricot tree in your backyard? I've got a plum, I've got the world's biggest plum tree. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have any peat, but up the street, all along up the street, they've all got stone fruit. So. Lots of trading. Might be that hard. Might be, tra- just best, I think. Just, <laughs> <laughs> don't even ask. Just, 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 all right, uh, just, just walk past. I got some good, I got some good figs this year, and, and I'm, I reckon, you know, like that first year, you get good fruit, and then you sort of know you're away. So I'm looking forward to um, 
Looking forward to a good crop of figs next year. I'm just having a look. I'm looking up what comes in season. Oh, we get heaps of kiwi fruit. There's lots of people up here that grow kiwi fruit. Yeah. I'll tell you what I found up here is being, um, some truffle growers. Oh, okay, cool. And I found a truffle grower the other day. And then Danielle Dixon this afternoon tweeted this thing and this guy was um, hunting for white truffles. It was just down here somewhere. And I thought, shit. So I saw this other guy the other day and I saw him on um, someone you know, Instagram. So I went, boom, looked it up, quickly got onto him. So I'm going to go and see him the next week or so. Yeah, the white, the white ones are the ones I'm growing. Are you? Aren't you going to be rich? Uh, no, I don't think they're the... Uh, well, Amanda, the oh. truffle expert, reckons they're not the, the good ones. She said they're pretty mild. I didn't know that the... That no, was, that's that's still, you know. Um, you know. I didn't realise that the you know they they've got the truffle industry in WA, yeah, and you know over in France they grow it in sort of normal sort of soil that's you know got rocks and tree roots and everything in it, and so the truffle sort of just finds its path. But over in WA it's all nice sandy open soil, so they grow the biggest truffles in the world. Because they just expand into the you know whatever shape they want to like there's nothing to stop them getting massive. I just think that's an amazing um, little uh, niche that they've found. But, so what what else have you got? Uh, what about rhubarb winter or rhubarb spring? Rhubarb. Oh, let me have a look. Well, oh no, I've got rhubarb growing now. Yeah. I've got in my garden. I'm growing rhubarb, broad beans, no peas. That's it. And I've got a, a lemon. I mean, honestly, l- lemons are just prolific. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What about asparagus? Have you got an asparagus patch yet? Oh, someone grew some asparagus yesterday. They were telling me that they put them in and it only took like eight days and they were half eaten. I thought oh, I should right. actually asparagus, shouldn't I? Yeah, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to eat them the first year. Oh, You're supposed why? to... Well, because if you don't eat them the first year uh, when you plant them, they establish a lot better. So you feed them up and and just let them go the first year and then harvest the second year. Oh, that, that, that has to be my favourite homegrown vegetable, I reckon, asparagus. I still remember. You remember we had that thing? Favourite yeah. meal? Like asparagus, chook egg? I've got two pl- plots of asparagus and I just dumped a whole heap of cow poo on the asparagus, trimmed it back and dumped a whole heap of cow poo on it. So hopefully I'll get a good little crop in spring. Right. Yeah. Well, spring, yeah, right. Asparagus. Well, sp- spring is, you know, could be any day now here. Well, the wattle's out here, so it's trying to be spring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You would laugh. So, have you been? Um, what else have you been doing? Is the how, how's working at the Providence been going? You've been eating lots of good food. Well, I haven't been working there much because I, you know, spending a lot of time at home and stuff. And then um, with my mum and 
for those of you out there that don't know, my dad passed away about a month ago. So I've been spending quite a bit of time there. And now they're closed for about a month. So this weekend I'm being a private chef. I've got a family. So I'm looking after them. Um, I've started up a little business where I cook home-delivered meals. Nice. Um, um, and I'm kind of sniffing around for another job because I need a few more hours. I actually kind of need to be a real person and have like a full-time job, I think. <laughs> Getting a bit bored. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's good though. I don't know. Honestly, it's so busy. I, de- I never knew a little country town could keep so busy. Oh, yeah. I think it's one of those things that with your skills, they'll find, you know, there'll be little holes you just fall into, wouldn't it? Yeah, kind of. It's a, it... bit of a it's a bit of a double-edged sword, right? So I was kind of thinking, I wouldn't mind working in a cafe in town. So I went along the street and, you know, no one knows who I am, so you have to drop in a resume. And then this guy, <laughs> yeah. literally, he's running this cafe and the food is terrible. I mean, it's all bought in, it's terrible. And um, I thought that's perfect, that cafe. I can go in there and cook anything, you know, anything's got to be an improvement. Anyway, and he rings me up and he goes, look, we'd like to offer you a job. I said, oh, cool. And he goes, we need a dishwasher and a food (laughs) runner. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And I thought, fuck, man, how stupid can you be? Your food is shit. Did you not... He obviously didn't even read my resume. And it's like, you know, you kind of just think, I don't know. I mean, I, I've got nothing against being a food writer and a, you know, a, ha, doing shitty jobs if the food's beautiful. So I'm living in a place that I'm really proud to go to a table and take something. I would do that in a heartbeat. I wouldn't worry me. But honestly, when they're serving this shit stuff and, you, you know, it's, oh, yeah, we've got a chef. We've got three, you know, Beryl, Cheryl, and... <laughs> and, the th- and the thing is, you know, it's one of those funny things where, uh, like, a lot of farmers now just buy their groceries at Woolworths like anyone else. Um, and, and that seems a bit weird, doesn't it? You know, you grow food, but you don't really grow food for yourself. You sort of grow it for Woolworths. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I must say, it's good here. Like, everyone seems to grow their own stuff and, you know, they've got this, um, they're doing a thing up here. Oh, that's the other thing I'm doing. I'm doing a few village feasts where I'm working with a winery and we're going to get all local food from people. You know, they have a patch to patch where they go from people's veggie patch to veggie patch and you ride around the bike and have a look. Yeah. So, that'll be good. So, I'm going to try and get all the food, like, donated to people. You know, I can from people's gardens. See how that goes. Yeah. Well, the, th- the funny thing is, like, if you know the right people, a lot of the time they have. You know, if if all of if all of one vegetable comes on at one particular time, you can never eat it all. No. It's very hard to manage. Like that's why in the old days, like you know, in our grandparents' days. You had to know everyone locally because if you had a whole heap of beetroot come on all of a sudden, you needed to trade it around for something else down the track. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's funny, though. There's a... So my friend um, owns this house and she's got this amazing garden here. And then there's people on this block of land over the back and there's an orchard on a veggie patch. And no 
never pick it. Oh. Chock a block and it's full, and we sit there going, why wouldn't they pick that and just give it away, or just say, put a sign up going, yeah, you know, I'll put it on the local community Facebook. Hey, go and help yourself at our plot. You know, it's so mental. I don't get it. Well, I, I drove past the. Um, I was in Red Hill. Uh, oh, I had to drop something off at Billy's and I went past Red Hill and I thought, oh, I'll go and have a look at my lime tree that I planted in the front yard of my old house at Red Hill. And, oh, man, it just needs a trim. I almost felt like just dropping a note into their letterbox saying, oh, look, I planted this tree if, and it was covered in fruit. And every time yeah. I get I get someone that lives, you know, in that Paddington area, I say, look, it's out on the footpath. Just <laughs> go past and help yourself. But now I just want to go past and with the secateurs in the middle of the night, just give it a nice little prune up. It'll it'll be so much better. I love how the the biggest success I've had at fruit growing is in a house that I no longer live in, and I can't take advantage of. It. <laughs> oh, I just let them bag and load up, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I'm sure. I'm sure every every share house in the local area goes. Oh, we need some limes for our coronas. Let's go around to 14 Cook Street, Red Hill. The other day, I've got so many limes and lemons, and they just there's orange trees everywhere. And there's this um, I found this tree, and it's kind of these tiny little oranges. They're like the size of a lime, and it's some kind of you know cross hybrid type of thing. So honestly, I have got jars upon jars upon jars of preserved um, oranges and lemons and limes. Uh. I've got like that. You know, I've been pickling oranges, so I've been pickling them with bay leaves and peppers and stuff and just seeing what happens. Okay. I've been, I've been making hits of um, jam, of course, because I'm a so. I'm the only one that eats marmalade here. I've got a, I've got a bowl of kumquats I've got to turn into um, marmalade this weekend, actually. Yeah, right. I did the drunken kumquats. They were good. What, and hey, what, what are drunken kumquats? Chucking in some sugar and brandy and just leave them and let them fester and stuff. So I did that, but I did them with um, I chucked them in some tokay and I put in some star anise and some cinnamon and stuff, and then I cooked them with chicken. Ah, so the the drunken how and then how long do you leave them in the in the brandy and sugar? Oh, as long as you can. Yeah. yeah. And what do you just use them in desserts and stuff? Yeah, so they go all soggy and. Alcoholic and yummy. Mm. Well, yeah, that sounds easier than jam. I might just do that. So brandy, you reckon? Brandy's good. Yeah. yeah I used some, some of that. Um, yeah, it's okay. Was it expensive one? That's a good cheap one. Do you, do you have was, Do you have to melt the sugar first? Like, do you have to cook it down yeah, a bit? I just need some sugar dissolve. I mean, you wouldn't have to. Yeah. It would dissolve in the Yeah, jar. eventually. Mm. Oh, that sounds good. I might do that. I love that, Um, you know, put fruit in alcohol and leave it for 12 months and come back. I've always <laughs> wanted to do it with uh, with figs. I reckon it would be awesome in figs. Fantastic. Drunken figs. Mm. Do that. Yeah. Oh. Just leave them. I, I got... I was at a butcher shop one day, and he's he's like, "You're a bit of a foodie, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah." yeah. And he's like, "I've got these jar of cherries, 
and they're they're getting close to the date. No one buys them. They're like twenty five dollars for this jar of cherries in some sort of liqueur. Yeah. And and um, he's like, look, you just take them. I'm not going to sell them, even if I mark them down. No one's going to buy them around here. I don't know why I bought them anyway. <laughs> you only have one jar. Oh, they were the nicest thing. Oh, so good. Mm. Oh, fruit and grog. Yeah. My any cherry trees locally? Got any cherry trees? No. Uh, I haven't seen cherry trees. We need that thing, you know. What was that, like, mud map? Of, what was that thing called? Uh, Where, yeah, with all the free food. It might be down there. That's an Australian-wide site. Oh, what was it called? Uh, I can't remember. I'm just looking it up now. I've got it saved somewhere. Um, That's good, wasn't it? Yeah. Right near me, it's called. Oh, right near me. What's your right um? Here. What's your postcode? What's three the, seven four seven. Three seven four seven. Hang on, I'll see whether it, see whether there's anything close to you. And there's shitloads. Um, what's the name of the town? Beechworth. Beechworth. I wonder whether right it's me. wonder whether it's uh one of those places that it's just there's just too much. <laughs> everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Is it near oh, Woogery? Is that yeah, close to you? Uh, yeah, Woogery. Yeah, there's honey honey for ten dollars a kilo. Chicken chicken eggs for six fifty a dozen. Free kale, red Russian kale. Oh, yeah. Free plum cots. Yeah, whoops. No, there's a man, right? I love it. There's a man and he's got honey and you go and you pick the honey out of the microwave and leave your money and off you go. And <laughs> Free <laughs> free olives on the tree down the down the road. Oh, what's it called? Right near me? Ripe, or ripe? Ripe. Ripe near me, one word. Ripe near me. Beautiful. That's the, the, the free olives are at Wodonga, though. I don't know how far oh, away that is. Oh, this is great. I oh, see so you got like um, a whole heap of lakes and stuff near you as well, hey? Yeah, I've got a beautiful lake, you know. It's called Lake Sambal, but I call it Lake Sambal Olic because I'm just so hilarious. <laughs> and... <laughs> um. Myrtleford. Oh, okay. oh, so you, you're you're close to Myrtleford Butter then? Just down the road. Yeah, not for Buddy anymore. She's rebranded herself to King Valley. King Valley Butter. Yeah, right. Is is King Valley seen as a more noticeable brand in Victoria? Oh, she's moved. So she's moved to a place called Moyu. Yeah, right. Oh, there's crab apples too. I think I'll get some crab apples. Yeah, they make awesome. Um, what do you call it? Um, not jam, jelly. Grapefruit, $5 a bag. Lemons, well, you've got thousands of them. You don't need any of that. Great. Wow. Yeah, it's a good little site. You need one like Pokemon Go where you just walk around and it tells you where all the, <laughs> where all the, all the free fruit you can pick is. Wow, 
Work a lot better down south. What about um, raspberries and blackberries and blueberries and that sort of stuff? Yeah, we have heaps of berry farms around here. Yeah, I love berries. Very, 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 very much lots of berries. So every now and again, I have a dream about the raspberries I had at um, Taste in, in Hobart. They were just amazing. I don't think I've ever had raspberries like it since definitely not in Queensland that's for sure Sal's Sal's plotting out tomorrow where she's going to go and get all the free food from I know well I've got to go tomorrow because I'm going to get some of that saltbush lamb that Shirley's been selling on hand stores yeah yeah because that's down near me so I rang him up and I've gone going over tomorrow to pick up half a side of lamb and then I've got to and then same time, so I've got to go that way. Then I've got to go to Harrietville Trout. I've got to go and pick up some fresh trout. So I'm a bit all over the place tomorrow, but it'll be kind of fun. Yeah. Fun, fun running around picking up. Now, I'm going to have to go because I've got to go to the Chamber of Commerce meeting. Yeah. <laughs> aren't, you the, aren't you the little local? Well, it's good chatting with you, Sal. Yeah, I know. It's been fun. We must do this more often. We can probably do this more often now. Yeah, if you're not working Wednesday nights. I'm not working Wednesday night. A minute. Yeah, come back, bang out a quick podcast before you go to a CWA meeting. Need <laughs> to get involved in the country. Everyone's got to be involved. Uh, all right, Sal. I'll talk to you later. Good to chat, Bezo. See you later.